I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome into the Important Nonsense Podcast Week 10 Recap Edition. I am your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, and we are back once again to break down all of Sunday's NFL action. And of course, I say we because 11 games of football is simply too much for one human to handle. And so I am joined, as always, by the Important Nonsense IDP Dynamo at the Real NWB, Ni Wallace. Bruce, me, my friend, how's it going as we round out week 10? Hi, Jack. It's a pleasure to be back, and um, I'm good. We had a balanced Sunday slate. We had five games to start the day, and then six in the late wave. It's beautiful. If, if Mr. Gell is listening to the show, I hear he's a fan, he might want to split the games like this every Sunday. Anyway, the games are exciting, and I loved it. It's exciting to have you back as well, Nee. Be sure to follow him over on Instagram at the real NWB for thought-provoking content on the IDP, the NFL, the world of sports, and life in general from a brilliant man. Of course, this is a three-person booth for triple the fun, so we are joined once again by the doctor of Dynasty at Dynasty PhD, Dr. John Chansey. John, how has the, has the weekend treated you, and how do we feel closing out Week 10? Hey, Jack. Hey, me. Nee. I, I had a really good, lazy weekend. I binge rewatched a lot of Sopranos. I watched some college football. I watched some pro football. Uh, my fiance and I, we played with our new puppy, Pumpkin, a lot. So uh, I'm pretty worn out today, even though I didn't do a whole lot. But I'm feeling really good to be back in the booth with you all. Not really the uh, real booth, but a digital booth. Uh, I love the balanced schedule. Um, kind of feels like the NFL at you know ten weeks they finally got it right. So I'm really excited about this week uh, and the way it all uh, shook out. And we are excited to have you back, and we are excited to hear about Pumpkin as always. So be sure to follow John on Twitter at Dynasty PhD and on Instagram at Scouser underscore from underscore OKC because we should always listen to our doctors, especially when they are as smart as John. And you can follow along with all of the content that John, me, myself, and a cast of extremely intelligent people over at importantnonsense.com and on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the Fantasy Life app at NonsenseFF. And with that, let's get to the show. So the best part, as we've said of this week's end slate, is how beautifully it was split up. Five games for the one o'clock slate, six games for the four o'clock slate. And the rumor is the NFL was worried about losing out to the Masters if Tiger Woods made a run. Of course, Eldrick the Jungle Cat came up short, as did the Jungle Cat Panthers, falling 46-23 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ronald Jones fumbled again. Short catch to start the game, Buccaneers first drive, gave the Panthers the ball in the red zone. Looked like that was going to be it for Rojo, but shockingly enough, they stuck with them, and it paid off big. 98-yard touchdown run. Ronald Jones finishes the day with 192 yards, 23 carries, 8.3 yards a pop, 6-yard reception. Burnett finishes with 19 yards, 8 carries, 1 grab for 11 yards, and just a high on, you can do your I told you so dance. It's just disappointing day from Fournette. Hey, Jack, I told you so. Guess what? I told you so. That's all. I know. 
I know you did. Uh, anyways, Tom Brady also got in on the rushing action too as the king of the quarterback sneak said, hey, Joe Burrow, guess what? I'm still the GOAT. Scored a touchdown on a quarterback sneak. And Brady ends up today looking a lot better than he did last week. 71.8% completion rate on his 39 attempts, 341 yards, and three touchdowns. No picks this time either, so it was great. And it appears that Godwin's Evans and Brown with them all in lineup. Brady is going to spread it out. He is going to shred it. And he's going to let everyone do solid, but no one do spectacular. So six for 92 from Chris Godwin, six for 77 from Mike Evans, seven for a nice 69 yards from Antonio Brown. And Gronk catches two for 51 in the score. Cameron Brake catches three for 31 in the score. And it would appear that the big three and Gronk have a relatively safe floor, but they also cannibalize each other. And I don't see us getting a 30 burger from either of them at this point. I think you're right on that one, Jack. The ceiling for each of these players you just mentioned is limited um, just because there's just way too many mouths to feed. We didn't even talk about, you know, Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson, um, who have been having some pretty good individual games here and there. But um, I think the good news, though, for the Bucks' offense, though, overall, is they have a fairly light schedule of defenses down the stretch. They've already played the Saints twice, got that out of the way. You know, they get the Rams next week, who are eighth in defensive DVOA, which might be tough. But after that, um, you know, they have a they have a pretty light stretch. They get the Chiefs, which who are not known for their defense, and they get the Vikings. So um, you might have a, a string of some really good games from this offense. Obviously, you probably want to temper your expectations for individual players, but it's a good time to have the Bucks. Time to have the Bucks defense, too. They looked absolutely smothering, and the Panthers just couldn't get anything going. Teddy Bridgewater, he completed 75% of his passes, which was super nice. Two touchdowns, but only 136 yards passing, also an interception. Teddy did leave in the fourth quarter with a right knee injury, which led to XFL MVP P.J. Walker to come in, go two for four for 12 yards, which was disappointing as well. But the Panthers don't believe this is a serious injury. He is going to get an MRI tomorrow to be sure, but they have not ruled out Teddy Two Gloves yet. But if he does miss, Walker played for Matt Rule at Temple, where he threw for 10,000 yards, 74 touchdowns, added 771 yards, rushing and nine scores. But DJ Moore was literally the only player to produce on the Panthers' offense. Four grabs, 96 yards, and a tutter. The dude is just a baller. He needs 15 targets a game. But outside of that, four for 21 from Robbie Anderson, three carries, three receptions from Curtis Samuel, and it resulted in just 12 yards. And then Mike Davis, 11 touches and four of them in receptions, just 44 yards. What a disappointing day from Carolina. Yes, indeed. And hopefully Teddy Bridgewater comes back healthy next week. But if he doesn't, PJ Walker steps in, and he has his former teammate from college in Robbie Anderson to look for. So keep an eye on that situation in the week ahead. IDP MVP, the IDP MVP for this game is defensive end from Tampa Bay, Jason Pierre-Paul. The eight-fingered man had his fingers all over the Carolina offense with three tackles, including one tackle for loss, one pass defended, one sack, one interception, and two quarterback hits. All he needed was a touchdown, and he would have filled up the box score at every single line. A great day for JVP. And so Alex Smith entered the game with a 5-0 and record against the Lions in his NFL career. Matthew Stafford, on the other hand, entered the game 4-0 and against Washington. So something had to give. And it was almost the Lions. They were up 24 to 3. Looked like an easy win for them. But of course, Matt Patricia is not going to let anything come easy. Then they were up 24 to 10 after JD McKissick score, 24 17 after Antonio Gibson, and then 24 24 after a second Antonio Gibson touchdown. 
Lions kick a field goal, go up 27-24. But it's the Lions, so of course they leave too much time on the clock. Washington ties it up 27-27. Roughing the passer on Chase Young gets the Lions to the 50. Short pass to Marvin Jones. And a 50-yard field goal later seals the deal. Lions eke out the win. But wow, this was just... Get rid of Matt Patricia. But before the game, it was reported that DeAndre Swift was going to earn his first NFL start in this one. Because when you draft a running back at the top of the second round, you got to make sure Adrian Peterson starts for most of the season, right? Like, it just makes sense. Lions were rewarded 81 yards on 16 carries, 68 yards in a score on five receptions. We end the day with 149 yards on 21 touches from the next Alvin Kamara and DeAndre Swift, including 45 yards on the Lions. Final drive to go up 27 to 24. So Peterson gets in there as well. Four carries, 21 yards, and a nine-yard reception. Carry on Johnson, one carry for three yards. But DeAndre Swift is clearly the lead back in Detroit, and it is a beautiful thing. And I'll finally say it. DeAndre Swift is the rookie running back one. Jack, I you know, I mentioned earlier I watched the Sopranos this weekend. I also watched uh, Oliver Stone's JFK for the first time this weekend before the Sunday slate of games. And, you know, what a film. But on another note... I think we're going to need some kind of warm report from the Detroit Lions about why it took them so long to give the car keys to DeAndre Swift. I mean, do you think we can get Matt Patricia before Congress to answer for that? I, I don't know. But uh, this guy, I mean, he just unlocks their offense to takes them to another level. Uh, I just don't understand why it took them till week 10 to figure it out. But I think you might be right. I know it's only one game, but I, I think he is starting to play himself into that RB1 of this entire draft class. Uh, he is just so much fun to watch, and I'm so excited about the Lions, which is really weird to say. At four and five, hey, they're still in it for the in a playoff hunt. So uh, Swift could be that 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 piece that carries them uh, over the hump. Uh, don't get the Lions fans on. That's just mean. Anyways, the good Marvin, Marvin Hall, he caught two balls for 61 yards, including a 55-yard touchdown. The bad Marvin, on the other hand, Marvin Jones, actually did look pretty good on the day. Seven grabs for 87 yards and a score, while TJ Hawkinson really disappointed, only 13 yards on two grabs. All told, Stafford ends the day completing 72.7% of his 33 attempts, 276 yards and three touchdowns. Alex Smith, though, sets a career high in pass attempts with 55, completes a very nice 69.1% of them for 390 yards. This, of course, meant Terry McLaurin balled out seven receptions, 95 yards, adds a 27-yard carry as well, 122 total yards on the day from Scary Terry. Logan Thomas puts up a super solid four for 66. Can't ask too much else from a tight end without finding the end zone, really. And then the wide receiver two role was split three ways. Isaiah Wright caught six for 59. Cam Sims, four for 54. And Steven Sims, five for 46. And as I mentioned earlier, Antonio Gibson delivered a stellar day in fantasy on the back of two touchdowns. Only 45 yards on 13 carries. Average 3.5 yards carry. Adds four grabs for 20 yards, though, so he ends today with 60 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. You absolutely love that for your fantasy totals. And while G J.D. McKissick once again leads team targets, had 15 this time, only catches seven for 43 yards, gains just six yards on eight carries, but he does find the end zone on one of those carries. So with the touchdown and seven catches, you're more than fine with 49 yards if you're playing them in PPR. That's right. The game of PPR is all about Catches and catches win matches in PPR. Keep that in mind. And in the same vein, tackles win matches in IDP. And IDP MVP for this game is linebacker Jamie Collins from Detroit. The former Patriot had 13 total tackles on the day. He also had two forced fumbles, one of them which he recovered. So a very productive day for Mr. Collins over in the Motor City.
I do have to apologize because unfortunately I have scheduled the show so that we are spending back-to-back segments on the NFC least, but I figured why not just get it all over with right away since the Cowboys are on by. So the Philadelphia Eagles fell to the New York Giants 24-17, to and we genuinely could be looking at the now 3-7 and Giants hosting a playoff game. Dale Jones opened the scoring on a 30-ish touchdown yard run because that seems to be the only way that he gets fantasy points anymore, those naked bootlegs, and today with 64 yards rushing and a score on nine carries. Doesn't trip on his long run either, completes 75% of his passes for 244 yards, doesn't find the end zone on any of those, but more importantly, doesn't turn the ball over once, which is the biggest problem with Daniel Jones. So Darius Slayton makes up for the dud he had the last time the Giants faced the Eagles, catches five of seven targets, 93 yards. Sterling Shepard gets in there for six receptions, 47 yards, two for 44 from the previously punished Golden Tate. And Evan Ingram finally relegated. Only three targets, two receptions, 15 yards. That's how you have to use Evan Ingram. Get him off the field. Get Darius Slayton the ball. Wayne Goldman, he is a thing, I guess. Dominates the backfield with 18 carries, only 53 yards to show for it, but he finds the end zone twice. Gives you a massive day in fantasy. Alfred Morris runs it eight times for 34 yards. Deion Lewis, two catches for 17 yards because it is still 2012. Uh, Yeah, I think I might have to reconsider some of my harsh opinions on Daniel Jones that I laid out, um, you know, with over the last few weeks. Uh, And the the Giants as a team in general. Um, Jones, he's played a lot better especially when it comes to turnovers. When we look at the last four games compared to his first five, the first five games, he threw two passing touchdowns, five interceptions. Last four games, uh, you know, he's thrown six passing TDs and four interceptions. So uh, still he's turning the ball over, but not to the same frequency. Uh, and I think, you know, this is starting to translate into fantasy production. Obviously you'd, you'd like more out of uh, Jones. I'm still somewhat nervous about playing him, but I at least think he's not a dumpster fire compared to how he was at the beginning of the season. And the Giants are in this division race, uh, whatever that means. And, are, you know, they're playing a lot of close games and they're kind of fun to watch, uh, which, is a, which is a shocker to me. And Carson Wentz continues to struggle mightily, completes just 56.8% of his 37 attempts, only 208 yards. Richard Rodgers ends up leading the team with 60 yards on four grabs. Jalen Rager, 447. Greg Ward, five for 39. Wide receiver one, Travis Fulgham, only one grab for eight yards. Just complete sad face. Tight end one, Dallas Goddard. Four grabs, just 33 yards. Double sad face from the Eagles. Productive day from the running backs, though, at least, I suppose. Miles Sanders finishes with 95 yards on 17 touches, including two receptions. Unfortunately, though, doesn't find the end zone because Corey Clement is a vulture. Vultures him on the five-yard score. And I did say to expect more Boston Scott, and I was right. 63 yards and a touchdown on three carries with the long touchdown run. Adds an 11-yard reception as well. But, man, the Eagles stink. When do we see Jalen Hurts? Yeah, it was a tough day for the Eagles, and their run defense was not that good. Uh, the Giants just had their way with them when rushing the ball. But there was a beneficiary. It was our IDP MVP linebacker, Alex Singleton. Singleton had 16 total tackles. I repeat, 16 total tackles and one tackle for loss. A very workmanlike effort in a tough day for Philadelphia. And we saw the Texans at the Browns delayed due to thunder and lightning, which are very frightening. And it looked like the offenses were very frightened as they stayed in the locker room for three quarters, with the Browns leading 3-0 entering the fourth. 
Nick Chubb finally finds the end zone to open the scoring, and this dud of a game ends in a 10-7 victory for the Cleveland Browns. And we also saw thunder and lightning in the air and the Browns' backfield as well. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt totaled the ball 19 times each. Chubb gains 126 yards and a touchdown. Could have scored twice if he doesn't walk out at the one-yard line to ice the game. 6.6 yards to carry, while Hunt goes for 104, 5.5 yards a pop, and adds 28 yards on three receptions. But because the ground game did so much, Baker did absolutely nothing. And at 6-3, and three, the Browns won't pick high enough to move on from Baker full send. They're going to have to add a QB in the offseason in case Baker goes belly up because we have no idea what he is at this point still. Complete 60% of his passes, 132 yards, no scores, no turnovers, and it just like we don't know at all what that is. So quiet day from Baker leads to a quiet day from the receivers. Three grabs, 48 yards from Higgins, three for 29 from Jarvis Landry, two for 16 from rookie Donovan Peoples-Jones, and one for 11 from Austin Hooper. And that is literally it from the Browns pass catchers. What a disappointing day. So the world was watching, the world was waiting for the Duke Johnson breakout, and of course we didn't get it. 14 carries for 54, scoreless yards, and a goose egg in that passing game. But I'm not sure we can fully blame Duke, though, because it's pretty much a goose egg from everyone else on the Texans' offense. Deshaun Watson completes two-thirds of his 30 attempts, only 163 yards, and a single touchdown pass, which went to Pharaoh Cooper, of course. He ended the day with two for 21 and a score, which helped absolutely no one. Brandon Cooks leads the way with eight targets and six grabs, but only 39 yards to show for it. Will Fuller matches him with eight targets, catches five for only 38 yards. And Randall Cobb ends up leading the way in yardage with 41 yards on three grabs. And this is just one of those games where you burn the tape and you move on. No doubt, Jack. This game was an absolute stinker all around, um, you know. But I can't believe I'm saying this. The Browns are probably going to make the playoffs. They're 6-3 and three right now, and I'm looking at their schedule. They've got the Eagles. They've got the Jags. They've got the Giants and Jets left. They've got the Steelers, who in Week 17, who could be, uh, you know, in need of uh, – no need of, of playing their starters at that point unless they're trying to go maybe for 16-0. and 0. Who knows? Um, so, you know, they've got the Ravens and Titans, of course, but I just can't believe, uh, you know, with the extra playoff spot, uh, the Browns are probably going to be one of those playoff teams, which is one of those shockers uh, for 2020. Believe land is back, people. This is a game where a couple of years ago, Cleveland would have lost in some weird way, but today they were gritty. They grounded out with the ground game. And Maybe they need to bring back those beer fridges and put them around the city of Cleveland for when the, the city gets back to the playoffs again, ends that drought. Anyway, the IDP MVP for this game was linebacker Zach Cunningham. So as Jack mentioned, Cleveland ran the ball right down Houston's throat, and one of the beneficiaries was Zach Cunningham. He had 14 tackles, which is um, – this is a, a byproduct of the weather. So when the weather gets windy, when it gets cold, teams run the ball a lot, so stop you if you've heard me say this before, but trust your linebackers when the weather's poor in fantasy. I'm sure we all know how our resident Texans fan at Nonsense underscore Steve, Steve Bonham feels about their most recent loss. And with that, we will send it over to Steve and a word from our sponsors. And we are back with the final game of the one o'clock window as Jake Shooten Luton got to live out his NFL dream for another week and start opposite Aaron Rodgers, even leading 20 to 17 with the final 12 minutes of the game. 
Devonta Adams left the game with an ankle injury, was questionable to return, but of course he did return, scored the go-ahead touchdown. Packers win 24-20. Adams ends the day with eight grabs, 66 yards, and the touchdown. But it wasn't a pretty win, especially if you actually watched. But if you look at the box score, it looks like Aaron Rodgers will keep chugging along in his MVP revenge tour. Throws for 325 yards and two scores, completes 70.6% of his passes, rushes for a touchdown as well, and has an interception as well. Just ugly day kind of from Green Bay, but doesn't look as ugly when you're just reading it off a stat sheet. Ugly indeed, Jack. I know that the Packers won today, but I, I, you know, I think right now they're going to want to go on a luten-free diet after today. I mean, it was it was pretty rough all around. Uh, the Jags just gave them everything they could handle. Um, you know, the Packers, we look at their record, they have a good record, but as a team, they just don't really scare me in any way, maybe besides Rodgers. Uh, their defense, though, uh, compared to last year, is, is pretty sus, as the kids would say nowadays. Pretty sus defense, pretty sus win. And the usually pretty sus Marquez Valdez-Scantling has a massive day with four receptions, 149 yards, including a 77-yard touchdown. But other than that, it was a quiet day from everyone else. Aaron Jones hits 95 yards on 18 touches, including five receptions. So that's solid enough. But outside of that, only three for 33 from Big Bobby Tanyan, 11 touches, 55 yards from Jamal Williams. So Jake Luton, he continues to live out his dream, makes a start in Lambeau, but he was incredibly mediocre, completes just 51.4% of his 35 attempts, only 169 yards and an interception, does throw a touchdown pass, which went to Keelan Cole, finishes with five grabs, 47 yards, also has a 91-yard punt return touchdown. So big day from Keelan Cole, but of course that leads to a disappointing day from DJ Chark. 56 yards on just four grabs. And then Chris Conley, he's there too. Four grabs, 43 yards with LaVisca Chenault out. Tyler Eifert also gives us two for 12, which was just yucky all around. But the good news is with the disappointment in the passing game, James Robinson is still awesome. 23 carries, 109 yards, adds two grabs for three yards. Just a beautiful day. Justin Fields and James Robinson in the double J backfield in 2021 in Jacksonville, make it the triple J backfield will be a beautiful sight to behold. <laughs> I like what you did there, Jack. Um, IDP MVP for this game is actually another J from the Jags. It is cornerback Sidney Jones. He had nine total tackles, one forced fumble, one interception and two passes defended. Now, Aaron Rodgers tends to target cornerbacks, at, whether it be a rookie or let's say the second or third cornerback on the team. So today, A-Rod went after Sidney Jones. So something to look at for future games as you get to the playoffs. If you need a cornerback, feel free to look at the guy who's going up against Aaron Rodgers. And that'll do it from the one o'clock slate of games. And as we move into the four o'clock window, just a reminder, Patrick Mahomes, he's on a bye, maintains his MVP one status. Aaron Rodgers shows out fine enough, gets the win, probably keeps him in the number two chair at MVP. As Russell Wilson falters yet again, Seattle falls 23 to 16 to the LA Rams. The Seahawks move to six and three and so fall from first place in the NFC West to third. Cardinals move up to first, Rams move up to second. Russ cooked up a stinker, completed just 59.6% of his passes, only 248 yards, no touchdowns for the first time this season, turned the ball over three times. He's picked off twice, fumbled once. Just a super disappointing day from Mr. Unlimited as Jalen Ramsey limited DK Metcalf to just two grabs, 28 yards. And Tyler Lockett couldn't pick up the slack either, only 66 yards on five grabs. And that's really all there is to say about the passing game. 
that's it. And with the running game, there's not much else there either because Chris Carson was banged up. Carlos Hyde banged up. They both missed the game. DJ Dallas and Travis Homer are also kind of injured, so they were limited as well. So we were treated to 11 carries from Alex Collins. Yay! 43 yards, and he did score the lone touchdown of the day, though. So for everyone who played Alex Collins, who no one, I'm sure, did, congrats, I guess. Dallas, eight yards on two carries, two, 23, reception, or 23 yards on two receptions. Travis Homer, 19 yards on three grabs. I have to start off by saying I love Russell Wilson. He can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, I, I have his jersey, so there's no disrespect here at all. But I think we really have to cool the Jets on the Russ for MVP talk, um, at least for a while. You know, their 5-0 and start, I think, is starting to look more like smoke and mirrors if we look at the schedule. He started off the, the year red hot, uh, and he's starting to come back down to earth in these last few games. Three of his last four games, he has seven interceptions. And I don't think it's any coincidence that this team – is also lost three of their last four games. So, uh, you know, they're not very good all around besides Russell, you know, Russell Wilson and the receiving core, of course. Uh, and they need him to cook every week to have a chance to win. Um, they're now at third place in the NFC West. They have a light schedule down the stretch, but they still have to play the Cardinals and the Rams again. And those games are now must-win games. So, a little bit of pressure on the Seahawks. Um, but I think if any player can live up to that pressure, it's probably Russell Wilson. So it'll be fun to watch. So who would have thought that Jared Goff would fail to score a touchdown pass against the worst passing defense in the NFL? Shocker. It's so typical, but still a great day from Goff in the whim, even without the scores. Complete 73% of his 37 attempts, 302 yards. Josh Reynolds leads the day with eight grabs and 94 yards on 10 targets. Tyler Higby goes six for 60 yards on three grabs. Oh, you wanted Cooper Cup? You wanted Robert Woods? Ah, that's, I'm sorry to say, five yard receptions from both, 50 yards from Cup, 33 from Woods, who added a three-yard run as well. Not what you're expecting against Seattle, but what can you do? That's just the way the Rams work. And remember the good old days of the Rams' bell cow backfield? The Todd Gurley, the C.J. Anderson, the momentarily Darrell Henderson. Well, if that wasn't dead already, I think it's officially dead now. So Cam Akers leads the way with 10 carries, gains just 38 yards, averages 3.8 yards carry, actually ends up last in fantasy points, though. Darrell Henderson, marginally better, four yards a pop on his seven carries, 28 yards, adds a five-yard reception, but he scores a rushing touchdown to save his day. Malcolm Brown, though, ends up with the least amount of carries and the most fantasy points because 2020 just hates us. 33 yards on six carries, adds two receptions for 18 yards, and most importantly, he runs for two touchdowns. So yay, go Malcolm Brown. Yay for Malcolm Brown. Um, he's going to have a tough time, though, because his offensive lineman, Andrew Whitworth, from the Rams, he has a PCL and MCL tear confirmed tonight, and it would look like his season is now over. So the Rams running game is going to have a little bit more of a mountain to climb to get back to some relevancy for fantasy purposes. Nevertheless, on the other side of the ball, the IDP MVP is from the Rams, and it is not Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald actually didn't get a stat in the box score. Seattle spent so much time blocking him out that other Rams stepped up and took his place um, in the action. And the IDP MVP is linebacker Leonard Floyd. He had five total tackles, including two total tackles for loss, three sacks, one fumble recovery, and five quarterback hits. So if Aaron Donald doesn't get you, someone else in the Rams will. 
Sticking in the NFC West, the 49ers gave it their all. Unfortunately, they are just depleted, lose 27 to 13. And the big news from the game, however, Drew Brees didn't play in the second half. We know he's been nursing a sore shoulder on his throwing shoulder for the last two weeks. Took a big hit in the first, played through it, but after sitting down at halftime, couldn't return. So he ends up the day with just eight completions, 13 attempts, 76 yards, and a score in the first half. So we got to see Flame and Jameis Winston come in in the second half. And he completed just 6 of 10, 63 yards, no scores. He's managed the Saints to a win. We also got to see an uptick in Taysom Hill because of it. Runs eight times for 45 yards. So we'll keep an eye on this throughout the week, what's going on with Drew Brees. But it honestly might be a good idea for him to sit at this point, keep him healthy. And at this point, it's not really even his team. It's Alvin Kamara's team. Seven grabs, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Eight carries for only 15 yards, but adds two touchdowns on the ground. Ends up with 98 yards from scrimmage. Three scores, which means Alvin Kamara is now second in the NFL with 11 touchdowns, trailing only Dalvin Cook, who still plays tomorrow, which is kind of scary. Dalvin Cook is a monster. But because Alvin Kamara was so good, everyone else was super quiet. Latavius Murray actually ended up at second in total yards with 57. Michael Thomas, two grabs, seven targets, only 27 yards. And he doesn't look at all like the player we saw in 2019. Yeah, Jack, which is a pretty disappointing, um, you know, all around for Dynasty, for redraft. I'm going to have to consider where I have Michael Thomas in my rankings when I go to work on those tomorrow. But I am just so happy right now. Jameis Winston, uh, you know, uh, he's been unchained. Uh, He's there and back in the NFL. He is the most exciting player in the NFL, and we are all winners. I mean, anytime this guy throws the ball, you have no idea what's going to happen. It's going to be a touchdown or it could be an interception. could be an interception for a touchdown. He's so fun to watch. Uh, And he was my favorite player uh, pre-NFL trade deadline, the rumors and innuendo about who could get traded. I was just really happy to see him on the field again. And like you said, I think they really should rest Breeze, perhaps even maybe for the rest of the season or maybe for a good stretch of the rest of the season. Uh, you really have no reason to rush him back when Jameis is cooking crab legs and, and picking up W's for the Saints. And big Richard Nick Mons, he, he's really out here trying his best. He's just not good enough. And he'll hold a clipboard and bump around the league for a little bit, but he's not a starter. Completes just 63.2% of his 38 attempts, 247 yards, and a touchdown with two interceptions. Of course, the touchdown goes to Brandon Ayuk, who I continue to stress is the alpha on the 49ers. 75 yards on seven grabs, a whopping 14 targets. If only Mullins could hit him. We also had a solid day from Jordan Reed. Chips in for 62 yards on five receptions. Meanwhile, Kendrick Bourne and Richie James, they both end up with 26 yards on five targets. So the wide receiver two role is dead in San Francisco. And Jamichael Hasty, he breaks his collarbone. Unfortunately, that means he's probably going to miss the rest of the season. Five touches for nine yards on the day from Hasty, which meant Jarek McKinnon was treated like a workhorse, which was great. We saw 19 touches from Jarek McKinnon. That was great. The problem is he only mustered 46 yards. Uh, McKinnon has just been so disappointing this year, as have the 49ers, and I'm sure they're just looking forward to the end of the season. I know their fans are. Yeah, and it's been just a rough year all around for injuries and otherwise. I I know there's no way it will happen, but I I think – I'm just putting it out there. Just put it in the universe, and maybe maybe there's a chance. But the 49ers, just forget this Nick Mullins crap. Forget this C.J. Beathard crap. That's not working. Go out and pick up Colin Kaepernick. Make some amends. You're not going anywhere the rest of the season. You know, I mean, I was pretty wrong about Nick Mullins. I wrote about him earlier in the season thinking he could play – 
the more we see him, the more I, I know I'm probably wrong about that, and that's okay. Uh, this season is a wash, so really the 49ers need to start thinking about next year. Uh, you know, we, we should think – maybe should they consider tanking, but they may not really have a choice in the matter. They still have to play the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Bills in their last – three of their last five games. So it's a pretty rough year that's only going to get rougher uh, down the stretch. Yep. Uh, the faithful fans of the Bay have to be really faithful this year. But keeping in mind, the last time 49ers tanked, they got Nick Bosa, and they went on to go to the Super Bowl. So – I'd be okay with such an outcome as a Niners fan. Nevertheless, the IDP MVP for this game is linebacker Demario Davis. The Saint had 12 total tackles on the day, including three tackles for loss, one sack, one pass defended, and two quarterback hits. Yes, the Niners are banged up across all parts of the field, most notably the offensive line. So keep it in mind when it comes to starting your defenders in IDP. Moving from the 49ers in the NFC West, we will go to the AFC West matchup between the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. And it was just not close at all. 37-12 victory by the Raiders, who now sit at 6-3, and three, could be on their way to the playoffs, shockingly enough. And of course, because it was a lopsided victory, we once again got to see Derek Carr drive at 40 kilometers an hour. That's 25 miles per hour if you're one of the three countries in the world who still don't use the metric system. As he throws for 154 yards, completes 64% of his passes, and no touchdowns. Winning football, as I'm sure John Gruden would like to call it, results in a quiet day from all the pass catchers. Once again, Darren Waller, 37 yards on three receptions. Henry Ruggs, three receptions, 31 yards. And Hunter Renfro, two for 30. So if you're going to allow John Gruden the game script to run the ball 37 times with running backs, you know he's going to do that. 21 carries from Josh Jacobs, 112 yards and two scores, adds 24 yards on four grabs, beautiful 136 yards on the day. And we also got to see the Devontae Booker revenge game. Former Denver Bronco ran 16 times, 81 yards, and he also scores twice. So I'm sure our boss at nonsense underscore Neil, Neil Smith, who lives in Denver, is thrilled about that one. Yeah, the Raiders are such a fun team this year. They got it done without much of Carr, which is nice for, you know, fantasy production for Josh Jacobs. Uh, they beat a bad team by a lot, which is a good is what good teams do. Um, so that's always fun. I think football is better when the silver and black is relevant when they're a good team. Uh, right now, you know, we've got the Ravens at six and two. We've got the Titans, Raiders, Browns, and Dolphins at six and three. All of these teams are playing for those three wild card spots. It is neck and neck right now. But if you all had to pick uh, the three that you think will make it, who are you going with right now? Um, and just to give you a reminder, the standings, we've got Baltimore at the fifth seed, the Raiders at the sixth seed, Dolphins as the seventh seed. Uh, Cleveland and Tennessee are looking out uh, at six and three each. Uh, look, Doctor, I'm going to go with the Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Titans. Yeah, that's – I mean, it's hard for me to imagine the Ravens not making the playoffs, but I actually think the Raiders, Browns, and Dolphins of those of those collective teams are kind of playing the best football. So that's kind of where I'm leaning right now, but it's so hard for me to pick against the Ravens. So uh, I, I won't talk about the Ravens not making the playoffs because I don't want to upset Jack. Yeah, you better not. The Ravens are definitely going to make the playoffs. I'll go with the Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Titans. And I'll say – I've said it before. I'll say this again. Drew Locke 
stinks. He is not the future of the Denver Broncos. Completes just 48.9% of his passes, which is bad. But he also throws four interceptions, which is even worse. And even with all the garbage time he gets, only 257 yards, one touchdown pass. So they're officially in the Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones sweepstakes. According to me, I declare it now. And because Drew Locke sucks so much, Jerry Judy only four receptions on eight targets. 68 yards, still pretty good. Can't hit KJ Hamler either. Throws it to him 10 times, and he only gets four receptions for 50 yards. Also four for 61 from Tim Patrick as well. So the quarterback is going to have weapons. It's just not Drew Locke because he stinks. And don't worry, the backs weren't any better. 11 futile carries for 46 yards from Melvin Gordon. Four carries for two yards from Mel- from Philip Lindsay. I'm sorry, I'm so upset. I can't even talk right now. And my co-host on the Friday show, at Donald McJordan's best friend, Royce Freeman, Two carries for seven yards and 15 yards on two receptions. Free Royce Freeman, as Jordan would say. Yes, free the man named Royce. Um, IDP MVP for this game is unsurprisingly from the Raiders. It's linebacker Nick Pichowski. You've probably heard the name before. Um, don't forget his name when waivers come around this week. He had eight total tackles, one interception, and two passes defended. He can stop the run, and he's pretty good in coverage. And of course, you do not have to go to Vegas in order to place some bets. And with that, we will take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. Our friends at Monkey Knife Fight combine the fun and excitement of Vegas with DFS to make the ultimate daily fantasy prop game. That's right. And there are three ways for you to play. Stat Shootout, Rapid Fire, and more or less. Stat Shootout, you put together a two- or three-player team that will accumulate the most of whatever stat you've chosen to play. Touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds your chosen goal, you'll win. And the higher the target goal, the more you win. So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one and a half touchdowns to pay out one and a half times the entry fee. Or I can go big with a target of three and a half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the entry fee. Obviously, you gotta go big or go home. Then we've got Rapid Fire, where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories, like who has more receptions this week, Julio or Devontae Adams. Each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win. But like we said, the higher risk, the higher the reward. Yep. I only need to get two out of three matchups right, and I win 1.5 times my entry. But then, when I go all in, and I can get five out of five, I'm looking at 15 times the payout. I can buy a lot of Josh Jacobs jerseys with that money. You sure can. Finally, there's more or less. Depending on the contest, you'll be given two to six players and their statistic target for that game, like Austin Eckler with over under four and a half receptions against the Raiders. You have to decide if that player is going to get more or less than that target number. Just like the others, more or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return. You can go two for two and get 1.5 times the payout, or you've got the nerve. You can attempt to go six for six and hit 30 times the payout. So many Josh Jacobs jerseys. Well, the only thing better than winning money from Monkey Knife Fight is getting money from Monkey Knife Fight for free. I do love free. Just go to Monkey Knife Fight to sign up for a free account. When you make your first deposit, use promo code NONSENSE and Monkey Knife Fight will match your deposit up to $50. This is literally playing with house money, guys. Go sign up on Monkey Knife Fight with the promo code NONSENSE and get in on the action this weekend.
And we are back, and with what many are calling the game of the week, as Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills headed down to the desert for a matchup with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, two of the most electrifying young quarterbacks in the league. And this game did not disappoint at all. Josh Allen leads a last-minute drive. Looks like he gets the Bills to win 30-26, but not so fast, Kyler Murray says. Get ready for the Murray magic. Two seconds left in the game. Murray heaves it into a triple-covered DeAndre Hopkins. Comes down with the ball. 32-30 victory. Hopkins finishes with 127 yards and the touchdown on seven grabs. Murray completes 68.8% of his attempts. 245 yards, and that does end up as his lone score through the air. But of course, that's because it's Kyler Murray, and he runs the ball for 61 yards and two touchdowns as well. And with Hopkins accounting for 52% of Murray's passing yards, there's not much left for the rest of the crew. Dan Arnold is second with four for 34 shout out knee and Christian Kirk four for 27 as well you said it best Jack a little Murray magic aka some sooner magic I said it this preseason I'm gonna take a little victory lap and I hope it comes true a little halfway victory lap at least I hope people took me serious but I said it Kyler Murray is the player I thought had a really good chance to make it the step to MVP level go from that first year second year player and really take that next step forward and he is really starting to take a strong hold in that MVP race I know you mentioned Rodgers I know you mentioned Mahomes those guys have already won the award before it's always about the shiny new toy and I think that's Kyler Murray this year he's off to a better season statistically than Lamar Jackson was at this point last season I don't think they're I, I think really it's start I think we're starting to see he's a better passer than Lamar his rushing ability probably not as good as Lamar's but he's taking it to another level and if the Cardinals can hang on to this division he has a really good chance I think to win the MVP and he's going to win so many people their fantasy leagues this year uh, based on the value where you were able to take him at and then just sheer production he is just playing out of his mind. And Kenyon Drake was active for the game, which of course meant Cliff Kingsbury fed him and relegated Chase Edmonds, because that's just how this rolls. 100 yards on 16 carries and a nine-yard reception was actually a really good day from Kenyon Drake. Edmonds adds 56 yards on eight carries, catches three balls for 21 yards, so he ends up with 77 yards from scrimmage. So it'd be so nice if only one of these two guys got all the carries. So we know they're not going to score touchdowns because Murray's going to steal all those, but 177 yards would just be beautiful on the ground. Say la vie, though, unfortunate. And Josh Allen, he was looking to put another feather in his cap as he does try to hang in with the MVP race. Kyler Murray firmly ahead of him now. Murray puts a stop to it. And the two interceptions on the stat sheet don't help this case either. Allen completes 65% of his passes, 284 yards, tosses two touchdowns, and adds 38 yards rushing. And of course, one of those scores had to go to Stephon Diggs, who was great. 10 grabs, 93 yards, and a tud. But Cole Beasley was the one who was the man on the day. 11 grabs, 109 yards, and a score from Beasley. John Brown leaves the game, which was announced as an ankle injury. He finished with 72 yards on six grabs. And then almost nothing from the backfield, of course, because that's just how they roll as well. 20 yards on seven carries from Moss. 15 yards on four carries from Singletary. Both had a reception and lost yards on it. Yuck. Yuck, indeed. Um, that being said, the IDP MVP for this game is Buffalo Bills cornerback Teron Johnson. Johnson had nine tackles in total, one sack, two tackles for loss, one forced fumble, and one quarterback hit. Now, Johnson's been pretty profitable for his rostered um, managers in this season because he gets targeted quite a bit. He's, he's a bit like um, 
one of those guys that the quarterback looks for. Where's Teron Johnson? Okay, I'm going to throw to the wide receiver on him. And it helps that DeAndre Hopkins saw a lot of Teron Johnson today. So, again, quarterbacks that go up against DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to be busy because Murray and Hopkins have this connection. And in case you missed it, Thursday night, Seahawks, Arizona. Let's get it. And the Bengal King, Joe Burrow, got his first taste of the steel curtain as he traveled to Pittsburgh for a matchup with the Steelers. And I can't imagine he's looking forward to his second. Bengals fall 36-10. to Steelers move to 9-0. Burrow gives it his all, but it's just not enough. Completes just 52.5% of his 40 attempts. 213 yards and a touchdown pass to T. Higgins, who finally has the A.J. Green blow-up performance that I've been talking about all season. Seven grabs, 115 yards, and a touchdown from number 85, who is the clear-cut alpha in Cincinnati. Natty. Tyler Boyd does his usual thing from the slot. Six grabs for only 41 yards. And A.J. Green disappeared completely. Goose egg on five targets. Disappointing from him. And with Joe Mixon out, we were once again saw way too much Samaj P. Ryan. Seven carries and one reception for 55 yards. Gio Bernard gives us eight carries and four grabs. 47 yards total. And then Travion Williams mixes in there too for five carries. Gets 22 yards. So if we combine all of those guys, it's a great day. We get 20 carries. We get five grabs. We get 124 yards. But instead, we get nothing from nobody. And it sucks. And so we were right on the Friday show that this would be a blowout for the Steelers. We were wrong because Ben Roethlisberger went off, throws the ball 46 times, 333 yards, four touchdowns, deals one to Deontay Johnson, who had 116 yards on six grabs, deals one to Juju Smith-Schuster, who led the team with nine grabs and 77 yards, deals two to the Canadian man, Chase Claypool. Mapletron ends today with four grabs, 56 yards, and two tutties. you absolutely love to see that from him. But because Ben is dealing so much, there's not much left for the running game. James Conner only 36 yards on 13 carries and two receptions for 12 yards. Benny Snell, his usual three carries for 12 yards. Yes, I honestly thought that the Steelers were going to impose the run towards the end of the game, but they just kept throwing, kept dealing. I'm here for it. One thing that did not surprise me was TJ White, this edge rusher, he was robbed of the Defensive Player of the Year last year. And I'm not going to hear it from anyone from the Patriots when Stephon Gilmore won it. This guy should have won the award last year. He might win it this year. Anyway, today he's the IDP MVP for this game, and he had four total tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks, and four quarterback hits. Let me say this. Joe Burrow's going to be a great quarterback in this league. We, we all know that. But right now, his offensive line is not helping him out, and he's always under pressure. So you got edge rushes going off against Cincinnati. Start him with confidence. There are just so many young quarterbacks that are so talented in the NFL right now. Our football future is in great hands. And we'll close out the Sunday evening slate with the Los Angeles Chargers traveling across the country to watch Justin Herbert duel it out with the quarterback selected one pick ahead of him to a tug of Valoa. And I think in the long run, both teams are going to be happy. They're thrilled with these young quarterbacks. But the Dolphins leave a little bit happier today knowing they made the right decision by selecting Tua. Nets a 29-21 victory. Quiet day on the stat sheet, completes just 60% of his 25 attempts. Nice but unspectacular 169 yards, but does toss two touchdowns. The Dolphins are so good on defense and special teams, they don't really need a lot from Tua, but the man is a star in the making. And I call it on the Friday show, he's going to spread it around, he's going to wheel, he's going to deal, and he's not going to zero in on anyone specific with Preston Williams out. And Jason was also right that Jakeem Grant was the play, leads the way with four grabs for 43 yards and a touchdown. And he's not the only player... Sorry, he ends up as the only player with more than two grabs. Devontae Parker leads away with seven targets, only two grabs because of Casey Hayward's blanket coverage, 31 yards, two for 20 or two for 40 from Mike Gusecki, and just quiet day all around. Durham Smythe gets the other touchdown on a six-yarder. 
Jordan Howard's a healthy scratch for the Dolphins. Matt Breida's not ready to compete yet with the hamstring injury. So we are treated to the Salvin Ahmed show. UDFA from Washington treats us to 21 carries, 85 yards, and a score. Absolutely beautiful. We get two carries from Patrick Laird and two carries from DeAndre Washington as well. Justin Herbert, though, falls to his draft classmate, completes just 62.5% of his 32 attempts, only 187 yards, does manage two touchdowns as well, has another on a fourth down quarterback sneak, and throws a pick, leads to a quiet day from his pass catchers. Keenan Allen snags three of seven targets, 39 yards, and scores a 12-yard touchdown at the very end of the game, but garbage time points are still points. Mike Williams, two grabs for 38 yards. Hunter Henry comes in with 30 and a touchdown, which for tight end, that's great. But for some reason, the whole offense was built around Kalen Balazs. And do you not want to win football games? Because that's why you only had 14 points before garbage time. It's embarrassing to watch. We saw five receptions and four, 34 yards from Balazs. 6.8 yards per catch. That's terrible. More embarrassing, though, 18 carries stuffed in his gut for 3.8 yards pop, 68 yards. So Balazs ends the day with 102 total yards. And it's the ugliest, most disgusting 100-yard game day of all time fire anthony lynn he has no interest in winning if that's the game plan he's building and joshua kelly seven carries for 21 yards as well but my goodness i am mad i feel you jack i feel this may have been like some weird revenge narrative where they were going to feed kellen balaz the ball to try and get up against his old team anyway let me say this the dolphins are swimming right now miami and their defense is not to be messed with they're, they're making plays from the defensive line with Emmanuel Ogba right to the secondary. And the item MVP is in the secondary. It is cornerback Nick Needham. He had four tackles, one tackle for loss, one pass defended, one sack, and one quarterback hit. Brian Flores is making that team great again in Miami. And we currently sit at halftime of the Sunday night football matchup between my Baltimore Ravens as they travel to Foxborough to face off with the New England Patriots. And the boys are currently down 14-10, but don't worry, we are a second-half team. I'm sure it'll all be fine. Willie Sneed opens the scoring on the first play of the second half on a six-yard jet sweep, but it's in front of the quarterback, though, so that's a touchdown pass for Lamar Jackson. Woot, woot. And Cam Newton follows it up with a touchdown drive, caps it off with a four-yard touchdown pass to Rex Burkhead. And then Jacoby Myers, he has a touchdown pass of his own to Rex Burkhead, former quarterback who was actually coached in high school by Cam Newton fantastic. You love to see those kinds of stories pan out, but we really hope the Ravens get the win in the second half. And that's going to do it from us here on the Important Nonsense Podcast. You are now fully caught up on all of Sunday's action. And as always, it was a pleasure to get to work, get to work with you, Dr. Chansey. Having recapped the past, do you have any predictions for Monday Night Football as the Minnesota Vikings head to the Windy City to take on the Chicago Bears? Or do you have any parting words for all those in the audience who are no doubt smarter for having to listen to you today? Hey, thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me back. Um, hey, just want to get, you know, uh, toot my own horn a little bit. I was right last week with the Jets covering a nine and a half point spread. Um, this week, Minnesota is a three a minus three uh, favorite on the road in Chicago. I, you know, I know the Vikings have won a couple of games lately, won a few games lately, but I don't think they should be favored uh, against many teams on the road, even the Bears. Uh, so I kind of like the Bears as a home dog. The Vikings, yeah, they can run the ball. But, hey, guess what? The Bears are pretty good at stopping the run. They're seventh in DVOA against the run. Um, and that's really all I got to say about that. So be good, be safe, wear a mask, and also tell your friends to wear a mask. Be sure to follow John on Twitter at 
Dynasty PhD and on Instagram at Scouser underscore from underscore OKC to stay up to date on all things Dynasty. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to me, Wallace Bruce, for once again blessing us with your presence and your big, beautiful brain. Nee, do you have any thoughts ahead of Monday Night Football or any parting words for all your admirers tuning in today? It's been a pleasure, Jack, and it's always great to join yourself and John uh, to talk some football on a Sunday night. I will say that we're actually in the final month of the regular season, unless you play in some league that finishes in week 17, in which case I can't really help you. But seriously, each week has a bit more weight in the result, so we need to take care of our lineups and pay attention to training reports during the week and enact this on game day. I did that, and I was able to enjoy the Savon Ahmed explosion as they secure the, the W for my teams this week. Also, for MNF, Monday Night Football, if you're listening before the game, look out for Darnell Mooney from the Bears. His wide receiver, he's been moving up the target tree for Nick Foles. And remember that Mooney, without one O, spells money. And that's what he is when Foles goes into chuck it up mode or DJF mode, as I like to call it. He just throws the ball around and Mooney is a beneficiary of that. Also, if you need a Hail Mary for IDP from Monday Night Football, consider defensive end DJ Wanham from the Vikings. He's picking up the slack now that Yannick Ngakwe is no longer there. And also safety Eddie Jackson from the Bears. He's made a few plays in the last few weeks. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at the real NWB, especially if you're an IDP devotee, because I know I'm become smarter every chance I have to work with you. For daily articles from me, John, myself, and all the other important nonsensers, check out importantnonsense.com and all the socials at nonsenseff. I've been your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, and it's been a joy to once again recap a Sunday full of glorious NFL action with you. Tune in later this week to The Big Boss Show, hosted by at nonsense underscore Steve, Steve Bonham, and at nonsense underscore Neil, Neil Smith, as they take all of today's action, process it, and give us what's actionable. Until then, stay safe, wear a mask, and most importantly, don't forget to keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!